This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Wow, wow, wow. It is so cool to be with you on the Monday after a game like that in L.A. Buccaneers 55, Rams 40, a franchise record point scoring day. A humongous, this cannot be overemphasized, a humongous, I'll say a third time, humongous road win over the defending NFC champions to level the Buccaneers record to two and two and they did so from beginning to end a full 60 minute game jumped out to a 21 nothing lead as you probably know by now led a couple of different times in the second half big including late in the game uh, when they were rolling along and and up 45-27 and then had to hang on with the Rams with the ball down 48-40 but lo, lo and behold, the Buck defense came up huge when they had to at the very end of the game. The sack fumble by Shaq Barrett. Indama Kinsu races in, and everything's happy. Happy post-game show for us on Buccaneers Radio. Happy plane ride home. Happy to be back in the Tampa Bay area, area here. Can uh, see the family, see the kids, see your friends, uh, and, and enjoy uh, savor a huge uh, victory over the Rams. And now, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this the same way that I said it last week off the Giants game on Nothing But Bucks podcast and off the 49ers game. Same thing applies. Come this afternoon, Monday afternoon, as I tape this on Monday morning right now and put this together, you got to put the Rams game behind you. Win or lose, the euphoria of it, uh, euphoria of it is, is for Sunday night and for Monday. You watch the film, you enjoy it. Y- yeah, the fans are going to get to enjoy this as the week goes on and be confident going into the Superdome to play the Saints, who won on Sunday night over the Cowboys. They're now 3-1, and one, a surprising 3-1 and one with Teddy Bridgewater taking over for Drew Brees and winning a couple of games. Fans get to enjoy this. You know, media, what, what we do here, broadcast, internet, TV talking heads on the NFL Network get to sing the Bucks' praises for the next two or three days coming off this game, and rightfully so. Uh, it's entirely possible that either Jameis Winston or Chris Godwin's going to end up being the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. It's possible. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of candidates every week, but my Lord, 12 receptions, 172 yards, and two touchdowns for Godwin. Strong case to be NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, so yes, you, you get to, as a fan, the media, observers, broadcasters, talk about this much longer than the players. Players have to hone in now on the Saints. They'll start doing that Monday night and Tuesday uh, to be ready, especially the veteran players know. It's it's time to move on and move on to the next opponent because you get 16 opportunities and the next one is the most important one, especially off of a win like this. It does you no good. It does you absolutely no good to, uh, to, to relish and savor the victory this past weekend at the L.A. Coliseum, as exciting as it was, as wild as it was, if it results in you playing flat, playing poorly, and getting beaten badly by the Saints. You can't let that happen. That's, again, more of a conversation later in the week, but you got to be doing things early in the week to be ready for New Orleans, and the Bucks will be. All right, so again... I get the opportunity here on Nothing But Bucks to go over the highlights and play you interviews from our Hooters postgame show that we have on Buccaneers Radio and our uh, our affiliates, flagship station 98 Rock in the Tampa Bay area, the flagship stations all over uh, Florida and wherever you hear it. 
uh, as well on Buccaneers Radio over the air, Sirius XM. Tune in also allow you to stream the games via satellite radio or via TuneIn and their mobile app. So you can hear the Buccaneer broadcast. You're going to hear Mean Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore on the calls. Uh, I'm part of the uh, sideline crew uh, on the radio broadcast. And, and I can tell you that was some scene at the L.A. Coliseum. First time for me inside the Coliseum. I've been by the Coliseum before on the USC campus, not been in it, much less for a Buccaneer game. Buccaneers hadn't played a game in the L.A. Coliseum since they played the L.A. Raiders in 1993. And our radio analyst Dave Moore was in his second year with the Bucs and played in that game. That, by the way, was Craig Erickson for the Buccaneers against Jeff Hostetler for the Raiders. Sunday, Jameis Winston and Jared Goff battling uh, tooth and nail. Uh, Golf and the Rams would not quit despite being down big, made for a wild game. So anyway, we've got highlights, we've got interviews, we've got a special guest, staffwriterbuccaneers.com. She does a tremendous job. She was there, OL on location in LA. I want to talk to Carmen Vitale about what she saw. Carmi V is on the Nothing But Bucks podcast to give me some insight on how the Bucks did what they did and why she's she's been in and around uh, this team with the transition to the new coaching staff with Bruce Arians, a lot of new players from the offseason to training camp to preseason. I'll get her insight, get her thoughts on uh, on everything. I'll give you a little tease on, on where she was when Ndamukong Sue was rumbling down the field at the Coliseum to put that game away. What was all this like? Carmen will give you some uh, of her perspective a little bit later on here on the podcast. Without further delay, oh, one one mention here at the beginning. I say this all the time, but subscribe to the podcast. Whether you found us through the Buccaneers mobile app or Buccaneers.com, through the social media promotion with the links, etc. Easiest way to get the podcast is subscribe. Go to iTunes and subscribe. Go where you find podcasts and search nothing but Bucks. I'm here talking nothing but Bucks after these games now on Sunday. The rest of the games, remainder of the year, will be on Sunday. We had a Thursday night game earlier in the year. Podcast usually out around lunchtime Monday, give or take. A true confession, when we get back, we, we, hours, got back just around 3 a.m. from the all-night flight from L.A., it's a little more difficult to get this cranked out earlier in the morning. If we are playing a home game, which we're not, at Raymond James Stadium, we're not going to do this coming up, it's much easier for me to get this to you quicker on Monday morning. But again, I emphasize to you, subscribe. And whenever the podcast is out, you can constantly look for it on the Buccaneers mobile app and on Buccaneers.com. But if you subscribe, it dings automatically on your phone, your iPad, etc. So subscribe and find us on Nothing But Bucks. Uh, again, search for it. Hit the subscribe button. It'll come automatically to you on Mondays after the games. With all of that being said... Let's get to the very exciting highlights. From beginning to end, this was exciting. It was thrilling. It was a lot of Buccaneers scoring, and they needed all of it in the end. So let's begin with the opening drive of the game, shall we, where the Bucs took the opening kickoff and marched 60 yards. We knew it was a good omen uh, when Greg Zerline kicked the opening kickoff out of bounds and gave the ball to the Bucs at the 40-yard line. And a, an eight-play, 60-yard drive ensued. Jameis Winston moving the uh, the chains down the field with a couple of completions to Chris Godwin. And Peyton Barber got things off to a good start. Here is the snap a little high. Hand off to Barber. Run to him. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. He tested the left side and found the promised land. And the Bucks lead 6-0. How about that opening drive? Exactly what you needed uh, to go get seven points right off the bat. 
right away on the opening drive, establish yourselves. I mean, the Buccaneers did that last week against the Giants. They've, they've been a great first-quarter offensive team uh, really so far this season with putting drives together and touchdowns and points on the board. So you lead 7-0 on that four-minute drive. Then you're able to get an interception of Jared Goff, and that sets things up now at midfield uh, for the Buccaneers to move quickly and move inside the red zone and inside the 10-yard line quickly. And then Jameis Winston able to do this on a scramble. Shotgun formation, Winston pointing his finger to safety blitz threaten. Here's the snap, Jameis looking. Jameis, he could run the ball, throws the ball to the far sideline. It is caught ball, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin, the main guy on this drive. A huge catch to get us near the goal line and a leaping try on the far side of the field for a three-yard touchdown grab. Chris Godwin came up with the ball in the right corner of the end zone. I was right down there by the goal line near that corner of the end zone, and it was tough to tell if he was throwing to the to the near receiver in the corner or the far receiver, but Jameis saw Godwin and put a, put a low-risk pass where only his guy could go up and get it in the kind of the back corner of the end zone. Great athletic play by Godwin and a 14-0 lead. And you know what the L.A. Coliseum sounded like? You're probably watching on TV, listening on Buccaneers Radio. Here's what it sounded like after those two touchdowns. Yeah, save for the Buccaneer fans that were making some noise, and there were some. The West Coast fan club, the Buckaholics, was there with several hundred fan club members and Buck fans that were out there. So that was fun to see. Highly entertaining, uh, to say the least, to get off to a 14-0 start. Well, then it happened again. Jared Goff dropping back to pass, and the Pro Bowl veteran Levante David read his eyes and did the rest. In motion, Robert Woods to the left. Goff looking that way, gets the pass. That's intercepted. Picked off of the 35, to the 25, to the 20. Levante David inside the 10-yard line. Boxer in business. Second interception thrown by Goff in the game. And the Buccaneers have the football inside the Ram 10. Love me some 54, Levante David. The great interception uh, and the return down inside the 10-yard line. And the Rams were obviously on the ropes at this point, and the Buccaneers throw another haymaker right after that interception. The first play after the interception was this one. Ronald Jones is the setback now from the nine-yard line. 8.35 to go in the half. Winston takes the snap. That's a bubble screen to the right side. Caught ball by Godwin. Dives to the pylon. It is a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Buccaneers score one play after the pick. For all the conversation about Byron Leftwich dialing up plays and calling plays, again, uh, uh, just schooling Wade Phillips' Rams defense using Chris Godwin, spreading him out on essentially a receiver's uh, speed screen. Speed him in motion out on the end of the line. You got more blockers out there than they have guys on the end of the line when you curl it back in. Great play design. 21-0. I know it was a late game, but all around the NFL, on the internet, scoreboards at other games, they had to be looking at 7-0, 14-0, Buccaneers at the Rams and saying, what is going on here? Well, we, we knew the Rams were going to battle back, and the Rams did battle back, and eventually Todd Gurley, he's an all-pro. He's, he's arguably their best offensive weapon when fully healthy running the ball. Todd Gurley got them on the board. Here's the snap. They'll feed the ball to Gurley. Cuts it back against the grade. Inside the 10. He's to the 5 3 2 1. Touchdown, LA Rams. Who says Todd Gurley's not the same Todd Gurley of a year ago? He was hit at the 5 and drag tacklers with him. 
13-yard run. It capped an eight-play, 75-yard drive. You knew you were not going to be able to hold the Rams down the entire game. So Gurley gets in. The game is 21-7. Rams get the ball back. Got another touchdown from Goff, a drive that only took a minute 12. A lot of receivers began to find the middle of the field. Gerald Everett, the tight end, worked the middle of the field, including on the touchdown. 21-14 the score. Points flying every which direction in the second quarter. But, you know, the Bucks did this on multiple occasions Sunday in the Coliseum where the Rams would have the momentum, would have the crowd waving those blue Rams towels. I don't know how visible that was on TV, but it was everywhere when we were down there watching it. Uh, to watch uh, the Bucks come back and answer was so big, and it was big right here uh, in this moment uh, for the Bucks to drive down the field. A lot of it, Ronald Jones running tough, the former USC running back back in his college stadium, the L.A. Coliseum. And how fitting that Ronald Jones would get a touchdown here. From the five-yard line. Blitz coming, handoff to Ronald Jones, off the right side, inside the three, two, one, touchdown Tampa Bay! Ronald Jones takes it to the house, and the Bucks add a touchdown lead. We're up 27-14. Power run, five yards out, Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore on the calls on Buccaneers Radio. Rojo. So many touchdowns on Saturdays. You know, they would occasionally play a Thursday night game or maybe a, a Friday night game in the Pac-12. Never on Sunday, though. And so Rojo gets his first touchdown uh, of the season in L.A. on the road at a place where he used to play in college and the lead back to 28-14. That answer was obviously big. And then you go to halftime. Yes, the Rams got a field goal, a 58-yarder to end the first half. They got the ball to start the second half, drove down, killed some of the clock, killed about six minutes of the clock, but the Bucks' defense stiffened. Greg Zerline kicked a 44-yard field goal, so now the game is 28-20. Such a long way to go. Nine minutes to go in the third quarter. The Bucks then get another takeaway on the fourth down interception takeaway. Let's hear the highlight here as they stuff Jared Goff and the Rams and are able to get the ball back again. Well, you got Sue and Vea and Carl Nassib. They line up in a hurry. Fourth down and two. Here's the pass. They're batted in the air. It's intercepted. Picked off at the 45-yard line. Shaquille Barrett. Roach has had put pressure. And was it Barrett that snagged that thing? Great job there on the pressure. And... Uh, Shaq Barrett coming up big in that instance. So another takeaway. They had three interceptions on the day of Jared Goff. And that would lead early fourth quarter to Jameis Winston uh, driving the team into scoring range. And one of his favorite targets throughout his career, the last four or five seasons, has been Cameron Brait in the red zone, in particularly goal-to-go situations. Uh, looking for him, and uh, they dialed up. But again, Byron Leftwich, the Bruce Arians, the game plan had another play that they had been waiting on with Cameron Brait, and boy, did they put the wham on the Rams with this. From the Ram 13-yard line, two tight end formation, three tight ends maybe. Play action fake, Saul was a pass to the court. It's caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Box have scored another. It's Cameron Brait with a touchdown grab. He was defended but held onto it. And a rocket shot thrown by Winston, his third touchdown pass of the day. So again, the lead is 18 at that point, again at 38 to 20. But you knew you couldn't relax. And, and the Rams raced down the field after taking the kickoff on the touchback, 75 yards in just eight plays. Uh, again, Goff finding Robert Woods, finding Cooper Cup over the middle. They get into scoring position. Todd Gurley scores, cuts the lead to 38-27. But again, here on nothing but bucks. 
They had an answer. The guys in the red and the pewter on Sunday had answer after answer when the Rams were trying to make their comeback. None bigger than Jameis Winston. Just a couple of plays after the Rams were in the end zone, the Bucks were in the end zone. Here is the snap. Play action fake, dropping Winston, throws a deep ball downfield, got a receiver open. It is caught on the third. Oh, the 20 to the 15 to the 10. Five, Mike Evans, touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Winston goes deep and throws a beautiful rainbow pass. 67 yards in the box. Have scored 40 plus. 44 to 27. Winston with a bomb. That's a 67-yard touchdown on that play uh, as Mike Evans hauled it in, toasting Marcus Peters uh, on the long one. Uh, Winston perfectly laying that ball in for yet another touchdown, his fourth one of the day. Uh, and again, the lead, the cushion is 18 at 45-27. I, I got to tell you, just honestly, I, I didn't have the feeling with 11 minutes to go that this is over. The Rams are built for offense just like the Bucks. It's the modern-day NFL, pass-happy league. The rules favor the scoring and the throwing of the ball. And credit the Rams. They didn't give up. Sean McVay and, and they're the NFC champs. They're at home. They didn't want to lose. They, they're 3-0. They battle back. They get a 29-yard touchdown catch uh, from Cooper Cup. Uh, that capped another 75-yard drive in just two and a half minutes. The game is 45-34. And then really... The, the most major mistake of the day and the only big mistake the Bucks really had on the day was the Jameis Winston pass into the flat. Marcus Peters picks it off, races back 32 yards right in front of me, takes it in the end zone on that sideline, on the Buccaneers sideline, the far sideline from the TV. And you just knew, you looked up at the clock with eight minutes to go, there's a ton of time left and the game is 45-40. Now I thought first blush, what are the Rams doing with eight minutes left going for two? There's going to be times for multiple possessions. The Rams had all their timeouts left in the two-minute warning. Why are you so concerned at 45-40 with going for two when in the event that uh, you get a touchdown later, it, it could maybe not tie the game up if you don't get the two-point conversion? See, a lot of times these analytics people, they want to just – uh, talk about, oh, well, you know, your percentages say you should go for two because, you know, 48% of the time you make a two-point conversion. Yeah, but 90-plus percent of the time you make an extra point right now, even though they've moved it back. So if you take the one there, remember we talked about this last week with missed extra points and the Giants going for two late, and you're doing all the math and the Giants trying to make the comeback. In this case, the Rams were trying to get to within a field goal, but Sean McVay wasn't thinking about multiple possessions still with eight minutes to go. And if we can go get another touchdown, it might be big if we miss the two-point conversion. They did. And it was big because in the Bucks chewed on the clock, 11 plays, 72 yards. Jameis Winston hitting a key third down uh, to Mike Evans to help keep a drive going. And eventually, Matt Gay would bang home after a long Ronald Jones run. Matt Gay would eventually bang home a 21-yard field goal. And now the game is 48-40. Again, for the analytics geeks, the extra point, which is a 90% chance of making an extra point, has you behind 48-41 in that moment. Going for two and missing has you now behind by eight with no way to win the game, only to tie the game. You're going to need two possessions on that. Uh, all right, so the Rams get the ball back. They need a touchdown and a two to tie. We're in the final couple of minutes. And, it, it, and look, Los Angeles moved again. Uh, Jared Goff completing passes and moved 
them inside of Buccaneer territory only to have a pass interference move them back out. Offensive pass interference to midfield. And that's when with a minute plus to go, just a little over a minute remaining in the game, Shaq Barrett once again announced his presence. Well, snap to golf. Now dropping under pressure. Under pressure. He fumbled the bubble. It's loose. It's picked up by the Buccaneers to the 30, to the 20, to the 50. And Dabakan Sue. Sue him again. And Dabakan. Scoop and score, Bucks. And with the Buccaneers are going to beat the Rams with a minute six to go. 54 big points on the West Coast. A new Buccaneer record. Oh, my goodness. What a moment for Indomitian Sue, who picks the ball up and races in against his former team. He only played for the Rams the one year last year on the Super Bowl team. But what a great job to pick that up and race in. I know some were saying, Dave Moore mentioned it on the radio broadcast, should have gone down. You can kneel on the ball. The game is over. In that moment, when you see the loose ball, the instincts take over, go get the touchdown and, and ice the game. I don't think anybody has a problem with that either. Uh, because it puts you back up with the extra point by 15, demoralize the Rams, game over. Buccaneers get an enormous road win, arguably as big a road win as they've had in the last two or three seasons as they go get the victory on the West Coast against the defending NFC champs. Final score, 55-40. to 40. It is the Nothing But Bucks podcast, uh, still to come here in a few minutes. Uh, we'll hear from Carmen Vitale, uh, Carmen, senior writer, Buccaneers.com. We'll have her thoughts, her insight on to what happened here. She was on location at the Coliseum with me, with us, as part of all of this. And we'll get her thoughts on Jameis Winston's performance, why Shaq Barrett has done the job he's done. She's been around Shaq Barrett. She'll have some thoughts on him. You'll hear Carmen here in a little bit. When this game was done, it was fun to be in that Buccaneer locker room in the in the uh, ancient L.A. Coliseum, the famed Coliseum, go up that tunnel, got some good exercise to go up that tunnel, get in that locker room, and do some interviews. Let's get to them. Let's hear from the likes of Jameis Winston uh, and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Indomitian Sue and others, including head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, here now, uh, conversations, plural, in the winning Buccaneer locker room. What a win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 55 to 40 is our final. Jameis Winston stands here with me off of a 385-yard passing day today with four touchdowns. How did this team pull this win out? Uh, resilience. Uh, we kept on fighting. It was a great team win. Uh, to God be the glory. Uh, everyone did their part, and uh, we got a great win. There was so much to this game, so much to this fourth quarter. What are you telling yourself? What are you telling the offense as the fourth quarter is unfolding and you're trying to pull it out? We're telling everybody finish. No matter what we do, we have to finish this ball game. Uh, this is a Super Bowl uh, team, so we just had to come out there and finish and, and do us. Uh, don't worry about what they have for us. Just be the best us. Chris Godwin, 12 catches unofficially, 172 yards, both career highs, two touchdowns. Why did he have such a big game? Well, I'm saying when they when they double-team Mike Evans, uh, Chris finds a way to get open, and when he gets open, he catches the football. So uh, he's going to continue to have great games when they try to take out uh, one player, and that's Mike. The long one to Evans, 67 yards. Describe the play if you would. Uh, cover zero. Uh, offensive line did an excellent job protecting. Uh, they, this is the first time they gave Mike a one-on-one -on -one matchup all game, and uh, we completed it for a big play. Great job. Thank you, Jameis. Thanks. Chris Godwin is standing over here. Uh, as we speak, and we'll stick a microphone in and get a couple of questions in. I was able to make a couple of plays for my team, but the biggest thing, man, I was trying to win. Hey, we just caught the end of that answer. We're live on Buccaneers Radio. 
Um, the win is the most important thing. This team gutted it out, and, and the theme continues to be great week of practice, nobody doubting all week. You echo that, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that that's the biggest thing in this locker room is, man, we all we all believe in ourselves. We believe in our brothers. We're going to go out there. We're we going to go to war. Uh, We're going to go out there. We're going to fight for each other. It may not be pretty, but at the end of the day, you get a win. You know, it, it fixes a lot of stuff. You started to catch pass after pass in the first half. Did you start to just get in the zone, go out there, get open, and you're not even almost thinking some of the time? Uh, yeah, I think when you, when you were able to catch a couple of passes early on, you know, you're, you're able to get uh, into kind of a groove, um, you know, and the, the coaches staff, they did a great job of game planning. Um, you know, we went out there and made some plays. Miles out there open, and James gave me some great passes. Say something about way, the way that James played today, because uh, it was spectacular offense yet again today. Yeah, man, it was, it's tremendous, man. I, I think the, the resolve that that guy has, man, is is awesome. You know, he's he's our leader, and we we roll behind him. You know, every time we go, on, we're confident we can move down the field with Jameson. You know, and score a touchdown. Chris, great plan. Thank you. Yes, sir. Buccaneers gut it out and get the win, including the clinching touchdown on the fumble return by Indomitian Sue, who is standing here. Indomitian, we're here on the Buccaneers Radio Network live. You got a quick minute? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, fumble return run in by you, a former Ram against the Rams. We're in Hollywood. That's like a Hollywood script. Uh, that's definitely nice. Uh, definitely take it. But Shaq made a great play. I uh, just had the opportunity to play off of him. Uh, defense did a good job outside of giving us some scores, but at the end of the day, we want to come out here and get our wins and uh, get ready for the next one. I know you graciously stopped for me and you want to go, but you're a veteran player. To come out and get this kind of win in this situation against that kind of team, what does it do for this team's mentality? Uh, it just continues to show us what we have, uh, and we can understand that we got a lot of talent. We just got to find ways to win, uh, and in this league, it's any given Sunday. So no matter who you're playing against, uh, I know with this coaching staff, we're going to have a great staff, a uh, great game plan, and understand how we just got to go out there and execute. So nonetheless, just go out there, execute, make plays, and find ways to win. Thank you, and congratulations. Thank you. Mike Evans here with me as well. We saw you go to the locker room and that you were hurting. And then all of a sudden, we saw you behind the defense catching a 67-yard touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. Describe that play, if you would. Uh, well, I got banged up a little bit trying to break up a, a jump ball situation. Uh, bruised my finger a little bit, but I'm good. Um, right before the play, Jameis called it out. He said, be ready. I'm coming to you. And uh, we got the look we wanted, and he threw a great ball. And I just did the rest. What is going through your mind when that thing's coming down and that kind of situation, kind of game on the line, fourth quarter? What, if anything, well, are you thinking? It's no problem. It's, it's, it's not a, a hard catch. It's just if the sun, the sun kind of like had it for a long time. It was hanging. And then it, I couldn't really see until the last second. The sun was, was blocking it pretty good, but Jameis threw such a great ball and landed right in my hands. It is a franchise record 55 points here against the defending NFC champs. What does this do for the psyche of this team to come out here and win this game? I don't know what my teammates are thinking right now, but I know we're really happy about this. Uh, we wanted to win this one for, for Jason and his family. Um, it's just a good start you know, for where we're trying to go as an offense, as a team, period. And uh, you know, we got a, a great division game coming up next week. Mike, thank you. Great plan. Thank you. Again, the players obviously very excited for what went on. And then I had a chance to speak with the head coach, who was all smiles, as uh, he he knew this was big. This was big coming off a crushing loss to the Giants at home to go on the road and play such a quality team and play that well, especially offensively. Uh, coach Bruce Arians knew it was big. Here he was when it was all done Sunday evening. 
55 to 40. The Bucks come out west and win in Los Angeles. And a happy head coach is smiling right here next to me. Okay, the big picture overall. How did you guys put together a full 60 minutes? You needed all of it. How did you put it together and win this one today? Yeah, we're growing. We're growing and learning. You know, we learned a lot from last week's game and uh, had a heck of a week of practice. You know, uh, it was a tough, tough loss last week, but our guys are very resilient. I thought our coaches did a great job putting together a heck of a plan. And the guys, our players executing that plan, especially our quarterback. I thought he was lights out, uh, finding everybody. And uh, obviously, my hat's off to Chris Godwin, who played hurt and played great. Uh, we finally got Mike one-on-one. -on -one. Our defense came up with turnovers, gave us short fields. But then our offense turned them into touchdowns. And that's what it takes. So much meat on the bone here to ask you about. You mentioned Godwin. What, why was he doing so much damage in this game over and over again? Well, they were doubling Mike. They were rolling to him or sliding to him. So he was one-on-one -on -one either inside or outside. And, uh, and, and Jameis gets hot with the player. He loves Chris. So, I mean, when Chris is there, we're going to find him. On the touchdown to Mike Evans, he just said to us that Jameis said to him in the huddle, if we get this look, I'm coming to you. Uh, from your vantage point, that's a rainbow touchdown and a huge play in this game, right? I was, I was, I'm watching the tight end. I'm watching OJ, and I'm thinking OJ's open. But I knew that if, if Weddle jumped OJ, we had Mike one-on-one. -on -one, and uh, it was just watching the ball sail into his hands. It was a beautiful thing. As, and you've done this for a long time and seen a lot of crazy games. As this was unfolding, are you standing there even with 38 points, even, even with 45 points, saying we're going to need one more touchdown? Is that just your mentality in the fourth quarter? Yeah, until every second's off the clock, the game's never over. And uh, I've seen these things go down to eight seconds onside kicks and crazy things happen. So, um, yeah, we were trying to score every time we had it. We cannot get away without talking Shaq Barrett. Save the best for last with the sack fumble picked up by Ndamukong Sue, who runs it in for the touchdown, the clinching play. Uh, that is one that is going to be shown on the highlights for the next two or three days, and rightfully so, right? Uh, there's no doubt. And he had a great tip interception on another one. But uh, i gotta, I got to check the meter. Sue was running pretty fast. i got to yes. see what his time was. <laughs> it's almost like a Hollywood story, that is for sure. All right. Uh, it, there are a lot of happy Buccaneer fans that are listening. Anything for them as we get ready to depart here? There's a lot of people going crazy. Well, first of all, I want to thank all the ones that were in the stands because we had a heck of a crowd, a lot of red out there today. West Coast Bucks, awesome job. And uh, you know, I wish, uh, I wish we had home game but we won't see it till november we'll kind of keep trying to win on the road till we see you coach thank you congratulations thank you yes it will be a while before we're back at raymond james stadium but it's great to kick it all off with a victory on the road against the rams as the bucks go on to victory with a franchise record 55 points bettering the previous record of 48 points had 48 in the opener last year against the saints had 48 also in the 2001 season against the New Orleans Saints again at home. Had 48 in Ray Perkins' first game as Buccaneers head coach, 1987 against the Atlanta Falcons. 55, the record on Sunday. Double nickel like Derek Brooks, like the speed limit. Nobody drives 55. Wasn't it Sammy Hagar, I can't drive 55? Uh, you can't drive 55 in L.A. because of the traffic. The Buccaneers go 55 on the Rams for a 55-40 to 40 win. Okay, so there's the recap mode. Highlights, interviews. Now we have a special guest. Let's get to it on Nothing But Bucks. Yes, my goodness, what a victory. And let's welcome somebody new into the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Although you should be familiar with her work uh, through Buccaneers.com, the Buccaneers mobile app, and all the digital services. Uh, staff writer, fourth season with the team. 
Uh, Carmen Vitali is with me here on Nothing But Bucks. We are both somewhat caffeinated, definitely sleep deprived after getting back in the wee wee hours of Monday morning. But my God, is it worth it after 55 to 40 in L.A.? Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, sleep deprivation doesn't matter as much when it's Victory Monday, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I agree. Did you, like me, take a little nap on, on early Monday morning and wake up and go, was I really in Los Angeles and did that really happen? What about you? A hundred percent. And I'm lucky that, you know, I, I post so much on social media because then I could just look back and be like, oh, yeah, I was there. That wasn't a dream. <laughs> It it uh, it truly did happen. It's a franchise record, as we've been saying on the podcast, 55 points. I think everybody knows that by now. Give me an overall takeaway on why you think this happened, Carmen. I just think that if you look at the last few weeks, um, obviously the record was one and two, so there were some ups, there were some downs, but there was never anything consistently wrong every single game. Like something went wrong either on defense, something went wrong on offense. But that meant that something went right on offense and something went right on defense. And I think that this was kind of the culmination of all of that and like putting it all together in a lot of ways. Because um, the defense held up against the run like they've been really good at. Uh, Gurley, I think, had, you know, 16 yards on the ground, which is crazy. Um, and then the offense was just firing on absolutely all cylinders, um, which, you know, you saw a glimpse of uh, last week um, as well. So. I, I just think it kind of all came together finally. <laughs> yes, it did. 21 nothing to start the game. You know, before we be- begin with the start of the game, we need to convey this to those that are listening to this podcast. And by the way, thank you again if you have found us through the Buccaneers mobile app or Buccaneers.com. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you see podcasts. The podcast will come automatically to you whenever there's a new one. That's the easiest way to get it. You'll see us promoting it socially, but it comes automatically to you <laughs> if you subscribe. Um, we can't convey how gorgeous, I mean, we live in a fantastic place with great weather in West Central Florida. There is no question about that, but Southern California has got its own beauty. Uh, that setting, uh, with, with downtown in the background, uh, the San Gabriel mountains and the Hollywood sign in the background. That was my first time in the Coliseum. I don't know this answer. You may have been in there at some point, other work duties, <laughs> but that's some scene in some setting to get caught up in, in the famed Coliseum, Carmen. Oh my God. I mean, it, and, and there was a Hollywood ending, but I actually have, um, I went to Arizona state for undergrad. So we played USC. I worked for the football team in sports information. And so I've actually covered a game, um, for Arizona state in the Coliseum. And that was my first time. So that was right after college actually. And, um, but did you win yeah, the game? The but did you win the game that day? N- no, no, you had not had a <laughs> so victory. We had not had a victory until, su- until Sunday. Right, right. Good. Correct. Inside the Coliseum. But yes, that view in just like the overall, you know, you feel the history and something like that. And it's just, it's really, really cool. So I was, I was excited for like, Roto. I, mean, I, I was excited. Speaking of the history, I know he predates both of us, but they had Rosie Greer in a wheelchair. God love him. Cause Rosie <laughs> Greer's 80 years old. They had him light the flame at the one end of the LA Coliseum where they've had the Olympics before with that right. flame. They had him light the flame. Uh, they're, they're all waving those Ram towels and you're like, wow, this is, this, I'm like yeah. stuck in the seventies. This is the seventies and the eighties <laughs> Rams, um, that are back. And then the game starts and it's 21, nothing. So I'm down on the field. You're up in the press box and you're thinking mm-hmm. what, as the bucks explode for a three touchdown lead. I'm remembering last week. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and just, point. you know, like I'm, I'm one of those very cautiously optimistic people. 
Um, but I do think that when you jump out to those fast starts, it does give you a sense of confidence um, and swagger. And I think the swaggiest touchdown I've ever seen was that, granted, it didn't come till the fourth quarter, but that bomb to Mike Evans where he just kind of skated along the goal line and then he goes into the end zone, he hits him with the LeBron, and I was like, wow, this team is, they're they're having fun. So that was, that was I would just hoped that we could, you know, hang on to the lead, and we didn't. We didn't surrender the lead once, which was great. Yeah, <laughs> Came it, close, was, it was close. It was crazy as the game unfolded uh, but in the end you had put enough points on the board and got enough defensive stops including one more on the sack by Shaq Barrett that caused the fumble and Damakung Su yeah. picks it up runs it in more on that uh, in a second but all right so you've been around this team now for a few years you've been covering it as a staff writer for the last couple of years you've watched Jameis Winston and clearly he has weapons, but clearly yesterday he was clicking with those weapons. Tell me more about what you saw yesterday. Yeah, so we had six receivers active, um, and you know, Jameis tried to use them all. I mean, I, I don't think Scott E. Miller ended up with a catch, but he was targeted um, at one point. So Jameis was, you know, spreading the ball out, trying to keep, you know, that Rams defense on their toes. Um, and, you know, you had obviously the biggest game from Chris Godwin who just exploded because, you know, Mike exploded last week. So now it's, it's Chris's turn and he's just been reliable, you know, all, all season so far, but having his second, you know, hundred yard game, and this was his career, you know, career best 172 yards on double digit receptions, um, which is insane. He was 12 for 14 too. So, you know, he was every, almost every time he was targeted, he got there. Um, and to see him actually produce and get into the end zone, you know, both of those times within seconds of each other, um, was just awesome to see. And it was just so galvan. Like I, I know Bruce Kotarians used the term galvanizing a win like this galvanizes a team. That's exactly what it was. And a lot of guys contributed to that. I think, you know, none more than Godwin and then maybe, you know, the defensive takeaways that were so like seemed to one up each other one after the other. <laughs> One thing that I noticed at field level, seen this throughout his career, but it's gotten better and better. He is such a precise route runner. He is not mm-hmm. accidentally that open. He is not no. accidentally constantly having space and the opportunity to catch the ball. And look, it all works in concert because Jameis has to be looking that way at the time he breaks open. The line has to give him time to look that way. But there is now a trust factor that, hey, first or second option, he's going to be there. And I'm talking about number 12 and, and he's going to be open it is obvious there's a trust factor there Carmen oh absolutely I mean I think he knows that that ball goes his way and he's going to catch it and he knows that you know Mike is going to get double covered Mike is not going to be available all the time even when Mike's double covered he can sometimes make plays but he knows that he doesn't have to force anything to Mike now which just goes back to that trust factor so now he can he can go to Godwin and I really think you just touched on it really quick but the offensive line really needs to be commended for this performance because Aaron Donald was rendered essentially ineffective for most of the game. And that's, you know, a testament to what these guys are doing. You know, Jensen had a back issue going into this game, played it, you know, played his heart out. The whole line did. And they gave Jameis time. And that was huge in, you know, this offensive production. No doubt. Carmen Vitale hanging with me here. Both uh, both of us combined on about six, maybe three and a half hours sleep as we have flown back early Monday and we're doing nothing but Bucks. We're dedicated Bucks fans. We're here on nothing we're here. but Bucks. 
uh, here on a Monday. I mean, my God, if we're not going to do the podcast after 55 points against the defending NFC <laughs> champs, when are we going to do the podcast? So, um, so we, we made mention of a lot of the offensive superlatives. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Shaq Barrett is such a story. Another <laughs> sack. Got an interception earlier uh, in the yeah. game. Uh, another sack uh, in this one. Uh, he now has nine of them in four games. No player in the 100 years of the NFL. Now, we should mention they only started keeping sacks as a stat when I was a wee little boy in the 70s, in the early 70s. So guys like the late Deacon Jones used to always complain, go back and look at my film and look at all of my sacks that there's no record of. So they've only, been, keep, right, they, they, they've only been keeping the records for about 50 years, but in the 100 years total of the NFL, apparently... We'll go with it. Shaq Barrett, nine sacks in four games. That's never happened yeah. before. You've been around him a bunch, uh, training yep. camp. We've gotten to know him as a free agent. Tell the fans more about getting to know him and the job he's doing. He is just one of those guys that, you know, he's just an all-around great guy. He's very kind of unassuming in the best way. Like, he's not ostentatious in any way. He's not flashy. He's not whatever, but he just puts his head down and he works and he is constantly trying to get better. And, you know, I think that he spent all those years in Denver around some great pass rushers and, you know, picked things from their game, but made them his own. And what was really interesting and encouraging to me was, you know, he even mentioned it after the Giants game, you know, that he didn't think that they were really planned for him essentially, which is crazy given that he had his stat line going into last week, even, um, but then this week you have to think that the Rams had them on his, on their radar. Um, you know, they had, you had to think that they were planning for him and he was still effective. He wasn't necessarily, he didn't get that strip sack until, you know, the very end of the game, but he found other ways to make plays. And I think if you go back and watch the film, which I haven't had a chance to do yet, he's still getting pressure on Goff. He's forcing Goff to get that ball out really quickly. He's around Goff most of those incompletions that you see. Even that interception to Jordan Whitehead, Shaq's right there. And he's breathing down Jared Goff's neck. So Jared had to make a split-second decision to throw that ball. And that's what, it, you know, and then... And so the cause and effect of what Shaq's been able to do, even now that teams are starting to plan for him, is the craziest part for me. On a one-year deal, he's one more sack away from 10 of them on the season and another bonus. He's already gotten one financial bonus. He's looking at another bonus uh, coming up here. Good for him on cashing in on that. Uh, were you still in the press box or were you down on the field at the point of the sack fumble return where Sue picked it up and took off? Because I don't know where you were. I was I was on the sideline, but at the other end, uh, wondering if the Rams were going to get to midfield and have a chance to maybe tie the game. So I don't know where you were. Enlighten me. I was I was up in the press box still because um, I have a story that I have to get out as soon as the clock hits zero. Right. So I'm like, so I have to stay until the very last second. Then I dash downstairs really quick. But my big thing on that is I saw it happen, but I don't know who it was. And again, I have to go back and watch it. Somebody like right as the ball was snapped. Somebody, somebody got straight through the line from the defense, and I was like, oh, my God, was that, you know, was that a penalty? Like, I'm looking around for flags because, like – and then Shaq gets right there. It might have been Shaq, actually. Mm -hmm. And Shaq gets right there. He, you know, forces the fumble, and I'm like, okay, there's contact with Goff. Does that mean a flag? You know what I mean? I'm like, 
all I was looking for were flags <laughs> on that play. And then when Sue picked it up, I was like, oh my God, he has the ball. And then it was just kind of this incredulous thing where I saw no yellow on the field. I saw Sue in the end zone. I saw all these guys celebrating. And I was like, did he really just do that? Like in LA against his former team, yep. like could not have been yep. a more Hollywood ending for this. And then to then get the franchise record for points too, on top of it then. Oh my God. I was like, I was in disbelief completely. I, I didn't. Throw, yeah. I, I think the, the disbelief word is a word around the Tampa Bay area and Buck fans everywhere have been using for about the last 12 to 24 hours in a good way. Disbelief <laughs> that you would way. see that many points uh, in a game against the Rams in the Coliseum on the road. I, I think, though, again, I, I've said this earlier in the podcast. I've said this uh, on previous ones on these podcasts, on interviews everywhere. It is a testament. This team is built for offense. This is not an mm-hmm. accident that this team can put four or five touchdowns, 35, 38, 41 points on the board. I'm not saying that you will see this every game, but it is not surprising if you see this regularly. Yes, the NFL is more of an offensive league, but this team, if healthy and if focused, is loaded on offense, young lady. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think that it it does tie back to what the defense has been able to do because off of each one of their interceptions and turnovers for that matter, the Bucks scored a touchdown. Yep. So it was up to the offense to do that, but the defense was the one that gave them the chance to do it. Um, and get those extra, like those bonus drives. And cause that's the only way you score 55 points is if you have bonus drives, you know, a, a regular back and forth game with no turnovers, no team has the opportunity to put that many points on the board. So I think you have to, you know, also recognize that the defense really gave them the chance, chance to do it. And the offense did an amazing job of capitalizing on it. Yes, they did. All right. She's helping me out here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. We're getting through this together after a, a late night. I know I keep belaboring this. It's first world problems because there's a lot of Buccaneer <laughs> fans is. that go to work and watch the games and do all of this. And they want to read. They want to hear whatever. We're here for you. We're here for you. We are. I'm giving it to you. Um on on the uh, on the podcast today with some insight uh, from Los Angeles, uh, Bruce Arians and the coaching staff. You have been around it. I I have been talking a lot about it. I'd rather hear from you. What are your impressions? <laughs> First year for he Todd Bowles, uh, Byron Leftwich was down there. It was almost like Byron was playing uh, down there on the <laughs> sideline. He was so animated with all of those scores and congratulating these guys. Give give the fans some insight on what you have seen throughout the training camp, preseason, and early season process. What do you see on a day in and day out basis out of this veteran coaching staff? Um, I mean, they talk about it all the time, and it's it's a sense of accountability. But I mean, you really have no excuse with these guys because they are so experienced. They have such impressive resumes. And they've, you know, have track records that have worked. So it's like if they're telling you to do something, you should definitely do it. <laughs> you should definitely be doing it because they are like, this is what it takes. And I think that the team is starting to learn that. And that's what, you know, they're starting to put everything together, like I said, because they're starting to trust this coaching staff and they're starting to trust, you know, their vision and and the process, uh, which is, you know, such a football cliche, trust the process. But it's true. Um, and I do think that both sides of the ball really cater to the personnel that we have. Um, I know, especially on defense, it's, you know, it's, it's a constant puzzle that that Todd Bowles is putting together. Of, OK, I have this guy. I need to kind of cover up this these weaknesses. I need to exploit this kind of, you know, mismatch that I have here. Like, I know I have this guy. I know I have this guy. 
So he moves everything around and every week the game plan changes just drastically. And it's so cool to see, you know, just how he fits things in. And then coupled with the way that he sees the game, he can, you know, put that all together for the guys. On the offensive side of the ball, obviously, you know, Bruce knows how, what to do with quarterbacks. And then he has a former quarterback in his system playing. And I know that Jameis stressed that so much in training camp that having Byron as his offensive coordinator was just invaluable because Byron knows exactly what Jameis is going through. And that's so, you know, that's so unique to this whole situation. So, you know, the trust factor is there right away. Um, as far as Jameis and Byron go, and then you know Coach Christensen to the quarterback, our quarterbacks coach, uh, who was in Tampa even before. Oh, so yeah. they've coached, they've coached some of the greatest quarterbacks this league has seen. Um, and so I think that now it's just you're seeing the fruits of the labor to get these players to tr- or to trust them. Um, and it's it's really cool. They're just an amazing staff, and they're so that family atmosphere too. I mean, they've just known each other for so so long that that permeates, you know, throughout the locker room too. And I really do feel that this team is like a family. Uh, this is great stuff. Carmen Vitali is with me, staff writer, Buccaneers.com. Give her a follow, by the way, on Twitter, at Carmi V, like Dickie V, C-A-R-M-I-E-V, at Carmi V. Find her at Carmi V on Instagram as well, on Buccaneers.com. She's with me for a couple more moments on the Nothing But Bucks podcast as we're recapping uh, the epic win. You know, you don't know this. Uh, I have been in and around this team now as a fan or covering it or on the radio for 36, 36, 36 years. Have seen, like, yeah. I remember sitting in the old Tampa Stadium and watching uh, the Bucks. And this, this, yeah, this actually, a true confession now on the podcast. <laughs> this came up off the air on Buccaneers Radio that Dave Moore, our tight end, our analyst, 15 years in the NFL, 13 with the Bucks. Uh, played in an epic collapse by the Bucks against the L.A. Rams on uh-huh. Sunday Night Football at Tampa Stadium, and it was Dave Moore's first game as a Buccaneer, active in oh. playing in his first season, where the Bucks led, I believe, 27-3. I think they actually maybe led 28-3 and lost 31-28 when Jim Everett and Flipper Anderson, oh, we're going in the wayback machine, led the comeback. So what I'm saying is, I I have witnessed and seen a lot of crazy things. Dave Moore's seen a lot of crazy things. Gene has called a bunch of these crazy games. I, I just got the sense as we were going yesterday, find a way to hang on. If it's by 10, by, by 3, or by 1, uh-huh. find a way to hang on. But there is there is some history with the Bucks and the Rams. The Rams won the NFC Championship game in 1979, the L.A. Rams against the Bucks. They won the championship game as the St. Louis Rams 11-6, another odd score. Uh, in 1999. So there is some intertwined Rams Bucks, Carmen, but I, I know this was not a playoff game, but at least you get a, you get a win that fans are going to talk about for years. 55 oh, points yeah. in the Coliseum against a really good Rams team. Absolutely. A three and O team. Yeah. So uh, this was their first loss of the season. Um, and you know, I, Cam Brate said something, um, after the game and, you know, he said he knew that a lot of people weren't picking the Bucks to win this game, right? Um, you know, we do expert picks on the site, and we kind of, like, aggregate what all the experts are saying from across a bunch of different outlets. There were very few people that were picking the Bucks, if any. I think there were, like, two or three. And But Bright just simply said, you know what? We believe in this locker room, and that's all that matters. 
And it's it's true. And it goes back to the, you know, that whole family atmosphere. These guys know that they have the talent. They know that they have the capabilities. Um, and they're really, really like this can, you know, getting a win like this against a team, you know, like the Rams, the 3-0 Rams, the defending NFC champion Rams. I mean, this is this is the catalyst to, to really start something, especially when, you know, that's the first game of this five game road trip that we're about to mm. that we're embarking on. So I'm really excited to see this going forward, and I hope that this carries over. It's an odyssey, that's for sure. And now it's a battle <laughs> for first place at the Superdome with the Saints coming up. More on that game in a little bit. Anything else? You good? You got enough coffee? You're, you're ready to get rejuvenated for the rest of Monday? You all right? You good? Yeah, I'm ready to take this day head on because it's Victory Monday, baby. So tell the audience again, what do we have more on Monday and Tuesday to look forward to from you, from Buccaneers.com? What else are they going to read? What else are they going to see? Plug um, away. I am about to finish up the takeaways of my major takeaways that I do every week after each game. Um, tomorrow will be a my performance review um, franchise article. So I take a performance um, by a player and I break down just three or four of his plays. Um, and we, we take a, like, a closer look at what happened and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, moving forward, we're just, I'm, I have a stories from the road coming. So that's a feature story that I do every road game, which will will be weekly for the next few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, take a look at the site. You know, Scott's got some great stuff on there too. And, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. Carmi V on, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, hopefully she doesn't go too in depth on my performance. I, I'm about C plus right now, or maybe C right now on Let's material and, bra- and brain capacity right now on nothing but bucks. Hey, this was a treat. It's not every day that we're going to get the chance to have you pop on. Thank you for graciously uh, agreeing to come on. But it's not every day that we get to talk about a franchise record 55 points and a win like that on the road. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed having you on nothing but bucks. And I enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me, especially after a performance like that. And there she goes. We thank Carmi B for being here. Carmen Vitale, staff writer, Buccaneers.com. Read her on the mobile app, on the website, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, She, Scott Smith, Casey Phillips, everybody that's involved. They do a fantastic job behind the scenes, too, with a lot of the video uh, production that you're seeing. Uh, all the game stuff, it gives you chills, gets the hair on the back of your neck to stand up to watch the, the, the Bucks uh, in long-form recaps there from Buccaneers.com. So go read what Carmen has to say uh, on Monday and Tuesday about this one in the recap mode, and we thank her for popping on for the first time here on Nothing But Bucks. We thank you for being with me. Bucks get the win over the Rams, 55-40. to 40. My thanks also to Steve Carney. Uh, helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan is our director of broadcasting, executive producer on Buccaneers Radio. Uh, it was a lot of fun to get back from L.A. and talk about this one. Again, you got to let it go. I said this at the beginning of the podcast. It's Monday. It's a victory Monday, but you got to let the Rams game go by Monday afternoon, Monday evening. It's on to the New Orleans Saints and the Superdome and the rivals from the NFC South. As I mentioned, the Buccaneers won big in the Superdome on the opening day last year with Fitzmagic at quarterback. Now you had a magical 55-point game in the L.A. Coliseum. Can it be followed up? Let's see coming on Sunday for Jameis Winston and all those weapons. Shaq Barrett, uh, Levante David in that defense uh, going up against the Saints who were Sunday night winners over the Cowboys. They're now 3-1, and one, back-to-back wins without Drew Brees. They win in Seattle. They beat Dallas in a 12-10 game on Sunday night, low-scoring field goal fest for the Saints to get the win bucks for the first of two meetings will be in the superdome coming on sunday 
And we look forward to talking with you all about it at 1 Eastern time. Uh, Buccaneers Radio uh, on the air starting at 10.30 Eastern time, by the way, to get everything going. Uh, More than eight hours of Buccaneer coverage throughout the day uh, as part of our Buccaneers Radio coverage on 98 Rock, the Buccaneers Radio Network. And whether you hear the games uh, in the Tampa Bay region on the Buccaneers mobile app, tune in, Sirius XM, etc. Reminder again, find us here, nothing but Bucks, on the day after the games. Uh, Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com is where you can find the podcast. Subscribe as well uh, via iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Go find the Nothing But Bucks podcast and subscribe, and it comes automatically to you. That will do it. My thanks again. Carmen Vitale with me, trying to keep me straight. Thanks to all the guests in the postgame, chaotic locker room in the, in the small L.A. Coliseum locker room. Got to talk to Jameis, to Mike, to Ndamukong, to, to Bruce Arians, to Chris, uh, and all the guys there. Uh, big Damar Dotson, Cameron Brait. Big shout-out to all those guys that talked to us afterwards on the Hooters postgame show, and we hope you enjoyed uh, hearing the highlights, the interviews, and much more uh, here as part of of nothing but bucks. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the win. A victory Monday. A record 55 points to beat those dastardly Rams. And now we get ready for the Saints coming Sunday in the French Quarter in the Big Easy. Bucks and Saints Sunday. We'll talk to you next week on Monday after it's done here on Nothing But Bucks. Bye. <laughs>